From our international news desk of Farming Portal, Agri Newsnet and Red De Noticias Agricolas. Are meat substitutes really better for the environment than meat? Polling data from the UK suggests that nearly half, 44% of consumers try to buy less meat, all the time, or fairly often. They could switch to plant protein foods such as beans, peas, and lentils. But people eat meat for other reasons, for the taste, the texture, and their familiarity with particular meals. Meat substitutes let people reduce the impact of their diet without radical changes to the meals that they eat. Swap a beef burger for an impossible burger or chicken for corn chicken pieces. But are they better for the climate? They're usually processed, need energy from manufacturing, and include ingredients that have been shipped from overseas. This is a basic but crucial question. I thought it would be easy to find a clear answer. But I struggled to find many comparisons based on solid data. There was certainly no centralized dataset that brought them together. This is a live and imperfect dataset that I've built from publicly available analyses. If you know of other meat substitute products that should be included, then let me know. To compare the carbon footprint of different foods fairly we need to look at their impact across the entire supply chain. To do this, we compare them using life cycle analyses LCAs. These include not only the impacts on the farm, but also raw materials used for their production, processing, packaging, transport, and distribution. For meat substitutes, I've built a database using publicly available LCAs. I've included full details of these analyses at the end of this post. I've tried to make sure that the analyses are comparable. The stages of the life cycle that are included need to be the same and match the life cycles used for meat and dairy products. In the chart, I've shown the greenhouse gas emissions of a range of meat substitutes compared to meats, dairy, and plant products. Let's compare based on protein since people are often looking for high-protein alternatives to meat. All meat substitutes have a lower carbon footprint than beef or lamb. Emissions from corn products are 35 to 50 times lower than beef. Switch your beef burger for a Beyond Meat or Impossible Burger and you'll cut these emissions by around 96%. Replacing beef or lamb can make a big difference. The impact of replacing chicken, the lowest carbon meat, is much smaller. Lab-grown, cultivated, meat is worse than chicken. Now, at least. This is because lab-grown meat needs lots of energy. But, unlike chicken, lab-grown meat is still young. It's an emerging technology. We can bring its footprint down through improvements in energy efficiency, but also by decarbonizing our electricity supply. We need to do this anyway if we're going to tackle climate change. If we power lab-grown meat with renewable or nuclear electricity, it could have a much smaller carbon footprint. You are listening to an audio cast from our international news studios. We see this from the chart for the sustainable lab-grown meat where the electricity is powered from solar, wind, and nuclear. In this case, it becomes one of the lowest carbon foods. The main takeaway from the data is that most meat substitutes have a lower carbon footprint than meat, and much lower than beef or lamb. The carbon footprint of meat substitutes is around 10 times lower than beef from the US or Europe. They're also lower than pork from either region, or chicken produced in the US. Chicken from Europe has a similar footprint as the Beyond Meat or Impossible Burger One final note. Most meat substitutes have lower greenhouse gas emissions than meat and dairy. But their climate benefits are even greater when we account for the fact that they use much less farmland. 
To produce 100 grams of protein from beef in the US needs around 27 times as much land as the Beyond Meat Burger. Chicken and pork need around 6 times as much cropland for animal feed. This land use comes at a cost, a carbon opportunity cost. If we weren't using it for farmland, we could leave it to regrow natural vegetation such as forest or wild grasslands. This would sequester carbon from the atmosphere. To get the total carbon footprint of foods we can combine emissions from their production and supply chain that we looked at above and these opportunity costs. Was an audio cast from the news desk of CRA Media International in Los Angeles in the USA.